Chaplain John McTernan, and this is our Tuesday night uh, Bible teaching night, which for a long time now is focused on the book of Revelation, and we're up to Revelation chapter 13, which is probably one of the most, um, what would be the word? I'm going to say, well, dramatic, the revelation of the Antichrist, the beast, the man of sin, the son of perdition. Um, so we will be focusing on Revelation chapter 13 tonight. There's a lot of information to be revealed in it. And, um, it actually 13 and 17, uh, well, 12 and 13, there's some cross information, but 13 and chapter 17 really go, uh, you got to study them together. So we'll probably be going quite a bit into Revelation 17. And then we'll, um, when we get to Revelation 17, we'll come back to uh, 13. So it's like kind of 
maybe teaching a lot of the same information, but you, I need to do it because of um, the overlapping and how uh, how how important it is. Well, Revelation 13 is about the uh, beast, and Revelation 17 is about the whore of Babylon, and the whore rides the beast, and that's how they overlap and, and tie together. Okay, so um, before I start here, I want to say hello to um, Sister Kathy. Hello, Sister Kathy. Hello, Chaplain John. How are you doing? Very good. I had a very good day today. I actually ended up, uh, I guess, spending about an hour uh, working on my car. A, a friend was um, helping me. I had, well, he was. I was mm-hmm. actually helping him. Uh, but the my, the radiator was leaking. I had to replace it, and mm-hmm. it just took a lot of time. But we got it done, and I was very happy about that. So that was a very productive day. And then doing things for the mm-hmm. Lord, the prayer time this morning was, uh, once again, very good. Great. And tomorrow is a big day. Yeah. Dinner and, with Michael. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> we have... Well, well I we know have, you had the, the Bible study or the Sir preacher meeting, but I thought you were going to have... So did you have lunch with him today? Yeah. Yeah, so I I met this uh, wonderful pastor here, and he has a ministry in Cuba. Yeah. And I I took the brochures in Spanish to him, and he really, really loved them. So what I'm going to be doing is um, setting the Spanish brochure about uh, For God So Loved the World. We're going to put Cuba uh, on the front of it. And, well, yeah, perfect. yeah, with the, with the Cuba flag. And then he's mm-hmm. going to give me the contact number in Cuba of the pastor they're working with, like his um, contact information. So we're going to make a special uh, brochure up uh, for the Cuban ministry there. Isn't that nice? Oh, that is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah. So that it was a wonderful, wonderful contact with him. Um, really, really, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I'm going to say genuine man of God. Um, mm-hmm. Just so easy to work with, show him things, so pleasant, so interested. And it turns out him and Michael had uh, a lot of like contacts, so they were there. I mean, really talking up a storm between them, but it was very, very good. Now, tomorrow, there's a ministry in uh, Houston called the Houston uh, Diaspora uh, Coalition. And Diaspora is has to do about being uh, scattered into, like, the nations. Mm-hmm. Right. So here, it's the nations have come to Houston. And I'm I'm already a member of it, and they have all my brochures on their website. So we're going to be meeting a lot of um, pastors and church workers from a variety of uh, backgrounds, national backgrounds. So I'm really hoping 
to make real great contact so that they can use the uh, the brochures we have in their and their languages for the people here and also to contacts they have back in their home countries mm. so um, not uh, after prayer tomorrow morning uh, oh probably about a half hour later I'm going to be um, no wait a second I've got Mars Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might just have to cancel uh, Wednesday and go to. Uh, I might have to come to our meeting on Wednesday, nine to ten. Oh, that's my problem. I'll work all that out. I missed a day. I thought to, for some reason I thought today was Monday, but I just said Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> I feel oh, like well. it's Wednesday. Tuesday has been four days long. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I want to just tell everybody here that uh, which is great things are happening. I want to keep you up to date. So if I don't tell it right now before we get into the Bible teaching, I'll probably forget it. But I just want everybody yeah. to know how just doors keep on opening and opening and opening. Amazing. Oh, and he was talking about taking four or 5,000 brochures to um, Cuba. Wow. Yeah, they were going to um, disperse it amongst the people going. So, like, um, he took your he took your um, five hundred and quadrupled it, huh? Yeah, yeah, he's (laughs) got he's got the five hundred already, and then I gave him probably about a hundred. He has five hundred of healing the brokenhearted, and then he has probably about maybe a hundred. I took a big handful of uh, looking for the blessed, uh, excuse me, um, for God so loved the world. Mm. So that's where that's where we are. That is so amazing. Okay, let me get to the location for today in Revelation chapter 13. And we'll begin, like I said, one of the most, uh, I guess, dramatic uh, chapters certainly it has the the number 666 in it that uh, a lot of people know about or heard all right uh, chapter 21 oh you know what i know what didn't no you wouldn't know what <laughs> yeah here's revelation 13 okay let me show i'm thinking out loud here it is, uh, but I I have the uh, Daniel seventieth week here also. So, all right, let's begin on uh, Revelation chapter thirteen, the beast. Oh, and what I should do is read that chapter. So I'll get my electric Bible open, and you can electrocute the devil with the electric Bible, can't you? You sure can. Send those sparks flying. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Revelation thirteen one, And I stood by the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, 
and had feet that were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth was the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of the heads, as it were, wounded to death, and the deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered at the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And it was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindred and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names were not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that is killed, he that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. And and behold, another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and all them that dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doth great wonders, so that the, he maketh fire to come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had the power to do in the sight of the beast, <clears throat> saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by the sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image that the beast of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Herein is wisdom. Let him that understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score and six. That would be six, six, six. Hey, let's go. All right, let's start at verse one. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and, up, and upon his ten crowns, uh, and upon ten crowns, excuse me, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. So I'm looking here 
looking at this first verse, um, what stands out is everything is leading to actually the last word, blasphemy. And I've thought about this for quite a while, and looking at the use of the word blasphemy and all, I think it was it, what this, the, the, on upon his heads, and we're going to be looking what these crowns and horns and heads are, but the name of blasphemy, um, I think what it's going to be, folks, is I am God. And of course, I can't be, I can't prove that, because it doesn't really say, but uh, that makes sense, because that's what he is declaring that he's going to be God. So let's go to Second Thessalonians, chapter two. That's Second Thessalonians, chapter two, and we'll start at verse two. Um, we'll go to verse three. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now the beast rising up out of the sea is the Antichrist, the son of perdition, the man of sin. Uh, That's what he's known as. And he's going to have tremendous power here on earth. So he's being revealed here now of who he is. And it says here, For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that worship, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. I am God. I believe that that is going to be what he's going to declare. That this beast is God on earth now. Then we come to Revelation. Uh, I'm going to drop down to 13.5 because it's giving us a setting. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. Now that is the beast. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. Now, forty and two uh, and two is three and a half years. And throughout the book of Revelation, seven years, but even more divided into three and a half years, is very important. Uh, so the tribulation period is going to be for seven years. We know that from the prophecy from uh, Daniel's uh, 70th week prophecy. But we also know it when we look at um, a time as it's reported in the book of Revelation. For example, the two prophets are going to witness here on the earth for three and a half years. But then... Uh, there's a remaining three-and-a-half-year period that's left, which is this. The Antichrist is only going to reign for three-and-a-half years. His power is going to be... Um, let me see. how. What's the best way to explain this? For the first three-and-a-half years of the seven-year period of time, he's merged with the religious system. 
His power is merged with the religious system. And that's where we get Revelation chapter 17, where the whore of Babylon rides the beast. The religious system is going to use, ride the political system, uh, and, I mean, really wreak havoc on the earth, murdering untold numbers of people who will not submit to what the Bible calls the whore of Babylon. But then, midway through, and, and, and we're going to look at this, midway through, the political system led by the beast slays God's two prophets um, that are on the earth. And that, and when he slays them, it's going to be in Jerusalem. And then he's going to go into the temple of God, declaring that he is God. And there's three and a half years left. So for those last three and a half years, he is going to be the man to be worshipped as God. And that's when the mark of the beast is implemented. It is there before the power to do the mark of the beast is there already. But the fact that we I just read in Revelation 13 that um, the people are going to have to receive this mark on their right hand or their forehead. Um, that'll be implemented in the last three and a half years. So it's very important we understand this because the the marking system, the mechanics for the for the mark of the beast is uh, fast, folks. It is incredibly fast developing right before our eyes. I call it the 666 surveillance system. So we see it uh, where the whole world is going to be brought under a numbering system. And uh, right now it's apparent that they want everybody in the world to have a their own personal QR code. And my opinion, purely my opinion, but it's very possible the mark of the beast will be a QR code or some derivative of it. But the key here in the early going in the book of Revelation, we'll get into that in details at the end of the chapter. But the key here is what blasphemy is. And I think the blasphemy is going to be the beast declaring that he is God. And it's going to be printed like on um, crowns. There'll be some sort of uh, a crown like a king would wear. And on it, he's going to declare he's God. And then this here will continue. He has power for 42 months. 42 months. That's all, folks. Um... If you don't grasp the timing of things, it seems like the beast is is in power for like seven years, which he very well may be uh, because he, he's going to be like heading up the political system. But as far as what we think of as the mark of the beast and everybody dying who doesn't take the mark, 
That is for 42 months, not for seven years. The first half is given under the control of the whore of Babylon, and the second half is under the control of the man of sin, the son of perdition, the beast, uh, declaring that he is God and everybody must worship him. And we'll look at the timing here right now. So again, this is this is really important because it's this, it, it clears up that this timing of three and a half years makes um, very, it's very, it's needed to understand precisely what's going on uh, in phases in the book of Revelation chapter thirteen. So Revelation chapter twelve six says, and the woman fled into the wilderness where she should. Uh, have a a place prepared of God that they should feed her there for a thousand two hundred and threescore days. So that's one thousand two hundred and sixty days, which is three and a half years. It's very interesting in the book of Revelation, it says three and a half years just about every way you could say it. Revelation 12, 14. And to the woman... Uh, were given two wings of a great eagle that she should fly into the wilderness, into her place where she's nourished for a time, that's a year, and times two years and a half from the face of the serpent, three and a half years. And then Revelation thirteen five, And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and this blasphemies again, and power was given unto him to continue for forty and two months. Um, that's that division there now, and it makes it very clear what's happening and um, what's happening in the first phase and what's happening in the second phase, and it becomes sharp, folks. The understanding of what happened is very sharp. So let, let's look now. I want to go back to Revelation chapter 11. And we're going to look at God's two prophets. And verse 1 in Revelation chapter 11 is telling us about, about the um, temple. The temple that's there during the tribulation period. And then we go to verse 2. Uh, but the court which is without the temple, leave out, and measure it not. For it is given over to the Gentiles, and for the holy city, and shall be thread underfoot for 42 minutes, uh, 40 and two months. And I'll give power to my witnesses, and they shall prophesy thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. So there's the two witnesses. We know for sure, without a doubt, one is Elijah. Uh, the other one, I personally believe, is Moses. But they are going to be witnessing for three and a half years. When we and when we follow this now, and we go down, we will see that so I'm going to say like exactly three and a half years. Um. We go to verse 7. 
And when they had finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Uh, And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, also where our Lord was crucified. So at the at the end of the three and a half years, and it's precisely three and a half years, uh, the beast who we're looking at in Revelation 13 will kill them. And that's when he's... Remember, this is in Jerusalem. The, the, um, the two prophets are going to be killed in Jerusalem. That's where the temple is. So they're going to be killed... The Antichrist then is going into the temple of God, declaring that he is God. And then we're looking at Revelation 13. So actually, um, maybe the, a, a very good way to understand this is if we look at Revelation 11 and forget now Revelation 12, take Revelation 11 and put it together with uh, Revelation 13, right where you see here in verse 7, where the beast uh, shall slay them, and now we take Revelation 13 and put it right there. What happens after they're slain? Then then the Revelation 13, uh, it's like um, consecutive. It like follows it. I think that's a very good way to look at it. Also, I want to add here where um, we look at, um, hang on for a second, uh, verse 7. Yeah, it is verse 7. I, I just read it and I'm looking for it. And when they, and when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them. Now, I'm going to put this on hold. I want to emphasize it uh, because in Revelation chapter uh, 13 here, uh, we're looking at that three and a half years, which ties in right with this, because Revelation 13 continues after the three and a half years of the death of the prophet. But here's what happened. Um, I'm teaching now on the 70th week of Daniel. So, but I think it's so critical to tie this in together about what's happening. And if I have to teach, I, I'll be definitely teaching Revelation 13 uh, next. I mean, there'll be part two of it. So, But I just want to show you this, uh, how, how this all ties in. When they shall have finished their testimony, so for three and a half years, God's witnesses on earth, his two prophets, are bearing witness to the truth of the word, the second coming of Jesus Christ, and what happens to those that um, do not receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Exactly three and a half years, as it's told in the scriptures, the beast that sendeth out of the bottomless pit. Well, what happened was, in Revelation uh, chapter 13, tells us that the beast is slain, that he's slain, and that there's going to be 
a uh, like resurrection of him. I get, and the resurrection is right here in verse seven. And when they had finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit, because that's apparently where he was placed. He's going to ascend out of the bottomless pit. Uh, now maybe he ascended out a little bit time before, uh, but at the time of the setting of this here, uh, the death of the two prophets, he kills them. He shall make war against them and shall overcome and kill them. So, people now are going to look at the beast as having, uh, like authority of God on earth because these two uh, prophets that were terrorizing the people on earth let's go down and look at the scriptures verse 9 and 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 of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half shall not suffer their dead bodies be put allow their death bodies to be put in the grave they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry. Shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelled on the earth. So they're going to see this. Um, they're going to see what they consider the great power of the beast. And at this point, he's going to declare, after he's come from the bottomless pit there, He's going to declare that he is God and demand to be worshipped. That's how this fits together now. That's how Revelation chapter 11, right at this spot, takes over. Uh, 13 merges, and it's like a continuum right into 13. Now, also, I've seen something here, really a tie-in for the first time, I uh instead of um i i would tie in revelation chapter 1 with uh excuse, excuse me 13 1 with 17 but we can tie it in right here so let me go to revelation 13 1 and i stood upon the sand of the sea and i saw a beast rise up out of the sea now the sea there is Always, well, not always. Sometimes it's a literal sea, but it's also a word that represents the Gentile nations. The sea is the Gentile nations, and that is defined in Revelation chapter seventeen. It literally says that. But when we go over here to Revelation chapter eleven, and we go to nine. And they of the people and of the kindreds and the tongues and the nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not allow their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell on the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwell day and night. So when, now when we look at Revelation 13.1, the sea, the beast shall rise up out of the sea, goes directly with Revelation 11.9, and it's of the people, kindreds, uh, tribes, tongues, language, and nations. 
that is where the beast is rising up out of to get his for his great power so revelation 11:9 and revelation 13:1 really blend in perfectly and then for further tying in we go to revelation chapter 17 and it tells us that that beast that rising up out of the sea are all the nations all right well i didn't quite follow uh the teaching scenario that i have set up however um i did see it as merging directly tying together revelation 11 and revelation 13 for the time it's sort of like a handoff. The two prophets there are, are, they have a three and a half year ministry. God allows them to be slain. Um, the Antichrist then claims that he is God. Um, he has um, ascended out of the bottomless pit where he had died and was placed. He comes up out of it. And now that's right at the three and a half year period of time. And for three and a half years now, Revelation uh, 13 is going to take place. So um, I like that combination, folks. And, and again, so Revelation 11, 13, and then 17 are all going to tie together. So I'm looking at it, and I think I should write this out. What I just said, I should write it out so you could follow it um, written. It would make it real clear. Because here what I'm doing now in Revelation 13 is I'm going to show the seven years, where it comes from, and um, why it's seven years. And then we're looking at the division of the seven years. Um, I may go back to what I just said after I teach this, um, but definitely there's the time. What a flowing tie-in. Revelation 11, uh, right there, immediately, right behind it is Revelation 13, and then tied into it all also is Revelation 17 about the whore of Babylon riding the beast. All right, let's go over now and look at the 70th week of Daniel. And in fact, what I might even do, well, I'm thinking out loud, so that's all. Let's go to the 70th week of Daniel. Now, when we go into Revelation chapter, uh, excuse me, Daniel chapter 9, there's a prophecy about 70 weeks of years, which is 490 years. Um what it works out to is 69 weeks of years has been fulfilled right up to the day of the second coming of Jesus Christ that's what those that prophecy is about Daniel chapter 9 is about the coming of the Messiah and we know there's a day that it starts and it goes forward for um Instead of 490 years, 483 years, and it stops at the literal 
we can boil it down to when the Lord presented himself as the Messiah uh, the week before he went to the cross. That's when this this was fulfilled. However, there's one week of years left. That's seven years. And that's some time to be filled in the fu- fulfilled in the future. And that's where the seven-year period of time, the tribulation period, comes in, which at the end of it is the second coming of Jesus Christ. So the first coming of him ended at 483 years. The um, the 70th week will be fulfilled at his second coming. So let's look at it now of how, where this 70th time period comes from, the 70th week of Daniel. So we'll go to Second Chronicles 36, 21. And it says here, to fulfill the word of the Lord uh, by the by the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths, for as long as she lay desolate and keep uh, desolate, to fulfill threescore and ten years. That's seventy years. So the seventieth seventy years was the prophecy for Babylon, uh, for the Babylonian captivity. They would have been punished for 70 years. Now, when we look at, um, well, we look here in, in, in Chronicles, for example, and we can look at um, things that Jeremiah wrote, but the, pro- the prophets at the end of the 70 years, well, Daniel was t- right at the end of the 70 years. Daniel was a... Uh, elderly man and he wrote uh, the book of Daniel particularly chapter 9 right as the 70 years was up um, but Haggai and Jeremiah in particular not Jeremiah, Zechariah and also Malachi uh, were prophets that wrote about the Jews returning so we have it in the scriptures they were, they were exiled for 70 years according to what Jeremiah wrote about, that would be their punishment. But they're coming back now, and that Daniel is very concerned because the punishment time is up, according to the word. However, Israel has not repented. So we come back to Leviticus 25, uh, verse 3, and it says, Six years thou shalt sow thy field, and six years thou shalt prune thy vineyard, and gather the fruit thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. Thou shalt neither sow thy field, nor prune thy land. This is about the land has to have a Sabbath rest on the seventh year. And the the Jews did not keep the Sabbath rests. And that's why the Lord's punishment was for 70 years. So instead of it being every seventh year, it was all at once. Deuteron- Deuteronomy twenty-eight sixty-four. 
And the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from one end of the earth even unto the other. And there thou shalt serve other gods, which neither thy father had known or even wood and stone. So they were scattered into the Babylonian uh, into the Babylonian Empire, and then from there into the Persian Empire. So these were fulfilled. Leviticus 25.3, Deuteronomy 28.64. And then we get to Leviticus uh, 25.8, and this is the Jubilee. And thou sh- shalt number seven Sabbaths of years unto thee, seven times seven years. And the space of seven Sabbaths of years, there shall be three, shall be unto thee forty and nine years. Okay, so it's seven sevens of Sabbath years is forty-nine. Then verse nine. Then shall I cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. And the day of atonement shall ye make the trumpet sound throughout all the land. So the Jubilee year begins on the Day of Atonement. And ye shall hollow the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It is a Jubilee unto you. And ye shall return every man to his own possession. And ye shall return every man to his own family. So there's seventy, there's seven sevens of years and on the 50th is a jubilee year. Now, what I'm laying the foundation for is very important for this prophecy of Daniel's um, uh, 490 years. So now we go to uh, Daniel chapter 9, where the prophecy was. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books of the numbers of the years, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. So Daniel understood it, and I I laid out to you how God came to that punishment of 70 years. They did not keep the seven-year Sabbath, nor did they keep the 49th year, actually the 50th year, the Jubilee. They didn't keep it. So that was the punishment. Now, the, but there's more to it. And this is where Daniel 9 comes in. Daniel was interceding for Israel because they had not repented. And this is what Leviticus says, if God punishes Israel and they don't repent. And if he will not, for all of this, hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. So that means 70 times 7, 490 years. Leviticus 26, 21. And if you walk contrary to me and will not hearken unto me, I will bring seven times more plagues upon you according to your sins. Okay, 7 times 7, that's 70 times 7, 490 years. Leviticus 26, 24. Then will I also walk walk contrary to you, and I will punish you yet seven times for your sins, 490 years. And last, 
Leviticus 26, 28, Then I will walk contrary unto you also in fury, and I, even I, will chastise you seven times for your sins. Which again is 490 years because Israel did not repent. We know when we look at um, Ezra and Nehemiah, they went right back into sin when they came back from the Babylonian captivity. So there were four warnings, Leviticus 26, 18, 21, 24, and 28, that they would be punished seven times for their sins, which was 490 years. Now we're going to look at the prophecy of Daniel's 70 weeks or 490 weeks of years, 490 years. And uh, remember, I'm showing the seven-year tribulation period. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and the holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring into everlasting righteousness and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. So Israel, God gave Israel, he put them on probation and he was giving them 400 years to live according to his word, um, to bring in everlasting righteousness is the Messiah, to recognize the Messiah. Uh, and to an, an, anoint the most holy, that is the Messiah, to bring in everlasting righteousness and to anoint the most holy. They were to become holy, a progression or progressively holy during this time. Um, they were to deal with the end of sin and to make a reconciliation for iniquity. And they didn't do it, folks. They didn't do it. Uh, we know that they rejected the Lord and that as a result of that, their, their, their probation, probationary period was up and they were driven into all the world according to Deuteronomy 28. So let's look at Daniel 9.25 now. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem, until the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks, and threescore and two weeks, and the street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublous times. So the wall to to restore and build Jerusalem, but what what also is considered restoring and building Jerusalem is the wall around it, folks. That's what's very important here, the wall around Jerusalem. Then we come down to verse 26. And after three score and two weeks, 62 weeks, so there's seven left. Messiah, uh, no, no, no. After three score and two weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince shall come and shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with a flood and the end of the war desolations are determined. So it's divided, folks, in verse 5. Seven weeks 
and 62 weeks means 69 weeks. And after the 69 weeks are up, um, and after that, shall verse 26, shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the prince that shall come shall destroy the city of the site and the sanctuary. So the prince that has come is the Roman prince Titus. He's Roman. And he shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. But there are is one week of years left. Seven years are left. It has not been fulfilled. And that's that seven year we refer to as the tribulation period. Uh, the, when when the Jews um, did not recognize Jesus, when they rejected him as their Messiah, that that stopped the prophecy at 69 weeks. And after those weeks, uh, the Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince shall come and shall destroy the city. So there's seven years left, and that's where the tribulation period uh, fits in. That's where we get the seven-year tribulation period. And then that's divided into the first three and a half years and the last three and a half years. Um, verse 20, actually, I should wait, I should have read into verse 27. And he shall, and, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. There's that one week. I should have followed from 26 directly to 27. And um, that's the seven-year period. And in the midst of the week, there's the three and a half years, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. Even it's, This is odd language, and I've already gone into this even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. What I'm interested in here in this prophecy is there's a coming covenant that's going to be made for seven years. And I think that covenant is going to be made by the, um, the political government of the period at this time, which would be headed up by the, the uh, Antichrist, the beast. And because it says in the midst of it, he's going to, um, he's going to stop, in three and a half years, he's going to stop the covenant. And that's when he's going to kill the two prophets of God and declare that he is God. So the, um, but he is not at the first part of this. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. He has not declared to be worshipped. He has not declared he's God on earth. He's He is merged with the religious system over the earth. But in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. Now remember, the midst of the week is where the two prophets of God are slain, three and a half years into their ministry, he kills them. He goes into the temple declaring that he is God and to be worshipped and implements the Mark of the Beast system. So that's how all this ties together now with uh, Book of Daniel, 
why it's the prophecy is about 490 years, how the 70 years uh, fits in, because the 490 years is, uh, the penalty is seven times. And there's one other thing. Let me see if I teach it here. Um, no, let me go back. And I want to touch upon something here. Now, we see in verse 25 that the prophecy is divided into like three parts. It says seven weeks and three score and two weeks. So the 69 weeks are divided into two parts. But when you look at this, it doesn't tell you why it's divided. It just says 69 weeks of years are going to be broken up into seven weeks and 62 weeks. Now, when you look at it in context and you look at the seven weeks there, immediately, again, looking at it in context, what that is is the Jubilee. That's right out of Leviticus 26 about keeping the Jubilee, the 70 the seven times seven years jubilee, where the whole land lies rest rest for a year. So I believe that the reason that that is divided the way it is, is to show the Jews those seven weeks automatically in their mind should register the jubilee of years. And God is uh, highlighting that, that he wants them to keep the jubilees. So that's why it's the 69 is divided into 7 and 62 weeks of years. Because otherwise, the 7 weeks and the 3 score and 2 weeks just hang there. Why, why is it divided? Why is 69 divided into 7 and 62? Well, again, if we look at the context, that's what sticks out is that 7 weeks represents a jubilee. Now, I jumped the gun here because I, uh, in, in, and I say, what happens three and a half years into the seven years of the tribulation was I've already taught this because I put them together there as I was teaching it, and I should have waited here to put it together. So, um, I don't know if there's a need to go over this again other than like here as teaching this I jumped the gun and I should have merged it here this would have been the better place to merge it but anyways um, what happens is we see how it's divided up again into three and a half years this is all what's happening at that three and a half year period that the prophecy talks about the 70 weeks of Daniel and Daniel 9.27 is talking about this. So what's happening the first 42 months? What's happening the second 42 months, three and a half years? What happens right in between, right at the middle of them? So um, th this is what uh, Revelation 11 is uh, taking place, which, I've, again, as I say, I already taught that um, I don't think I'll do it again. And, okay, well, here is 
also, let me add to it about the two witnesses. So the two witnesses are slain in the midst of the week. And then the Antichrist, the Antichrist, as it says already, uh, he's revealed. This is when he is revealed as the Antichrist. Now, it, it it's obvious that whoever is making that covenant with Israel is the Antichrist. Because in the middle of the covenant, he, he, he stops it. And then he's going to go into the temple of God declaring that he is God. Matthew twenty four fifteen adds to this. And when ye shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, now look at this, stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. So when we get right into the, the Daniel's 70th week, in the middle of the week, the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, that's in Daniel chapter uh, 9, the prophecies we just looked at, stand in the holy place. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, so the, um, the Antichrist there goes into uh, the holy place, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So he's going to stand in the holy place, and then he's going to sit in the temple, declaring that he is God. And that is the blasphemy, folks. That is what the blasphemy, I believe, it fits it perfectly. That's going to be the blasphemy of Revelation chapter 13, is the beast declaring that he is God. Now, um, we go into the destruction of the, or the whore of Babylon. This takes place in the midst of the week. A lot of things are happening in the midst of that, that seven year period of time. Daniel, Revelation, uh, 17, 16. This is the destruction of the whore of Babylon. And the ten horns which thou soareth upon the beast, these shall hate the whore and shall uh, make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. Um, so at the very time that the Antichrist is declaring that he is God, uh, the political system, his government, is going to turn against the whore and completely destroy her. Completely. And uh, for God had put it in their hearts, Revelation seventeen seventeen, to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. So the political system that's all under the beast, they're going to agree with him. They're going to stand by him. The whole political system is going to be of one accord with the beast um, on top. They are going to destroy the religious system. And everyone in that religious system. Now, when I say destroy it, um, they're not going to kill all the people. They're going to kill the structure of the religious system, the hierarchy. So it's gone. The whore of Babylon is gone. It doesn't function anymore. So in a modern sense, we'll say, I guess the Pope is the easiest. It's the Pope 
and all the cardinals under the Pope, the whole religious structure of Rome, um, the uh, priests all over the world, and then there's nuns and um, they call them brothers, I think. Uh, and there are various other functions. They're all going to be killed, all. And so that, and then the the beast is going to step forward and proclaim that he is God and he is to be worshipped. That's how this all ties together, right in the midpoint of the tribulation period. Well, I am looking at the time here, and just let me take a look. Yeah, I'm going to end here, and let's see. We'll stop at uh, the connection with the uh, fifth seal in Revelation chapter 6, with the midway point in the tribulation period. All right, well... I think I got through that tying everything to or what I've tied together so far with you understanding it because I did jump the gun. But what I realized is I don't I, I hadn't tied it together yet is those people in Revelation eleven verse nine that are cheering and they're happy that God's two prophets are killed, though that's the body of where the beast are going to give the beast the his power. The ones that are so happy that the prophets are killed in Revelation chapter 11, those are the ones that he's rising up out of the sea from. All right, so we'll call it a night, and then we'll have, uh, I'm not sure about Thursday. We'll see about Thursday picking up, but for sure, Lord willing, is next uh, Tuesday, but I'm going to shoot for Thursday. So, Sister Kathy, hello, and you're the you're the only one here, Sister Kathy. Well, Sharon's got her hand full of um of a pencil and paper, so she'll be here in a minute. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Did you understand of my laying out what's going on? I do believe I did did understand as best I could. Okay, because it is a little complicated, but I think to understand, because I, I can go back over it uh, the next time if yeah. people people didn't fully grasp it, but um, to understand the layout of the book of Revelation, it's most important that we understand where that seven-year period comes from, why God did it, it was actually, I, without saying it though, it's obvious that this is really dealing with the nation of Israel. God yeah. made the covenant with the nation of Israel, not with the church, right. with the covenant right. with the nation of Israel. That that it's very important. It's seven years, mm-hmm. and at the end of the seven years is going to be coming the Messiah. Yep. And that the break is in three and a half years. Tremendous things happen at three and a half years in it. So that's what I was trying to lay out tonight, this why it's seven years and what happens at this critical three and a half year point, because three and a half years is mentioned several times 
in the book of Revelation and in Daniel chapter 9. Right, 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 right. Okay. All right, and we have Wild Olive here. Hello, Wild Olive. Hello, Chaplain John. Okay, so how did you do with the teaching tonight? That was good. Uh, it's point getting things all you know together about what happens at certain times. And it seemed to me like uh, Jeremiah was very precise and on the exact day, that 70-year day, was the day that um, that all those events occurred and and Israel was, you know, basically released from their punishment. And Daniel the prophet knew that that day was coming because he read the book of Jeremiah. And I was just thinking the those events for the tribulation, like the first day when that covenant is signed, a whole bunch of events happen on that one day, like the earthquake. Uh, the two witnesses start uh, proclaiming the gospel yes. and 144,000. Right. right. And I can't remember what else. And then on the three and a half Oh, years don't forget. Day, oh, no, hold on. Hold on, Wild Olive. On that very day you're talking about, is when the trumpet judgments begin. You remember the trumpet judgments in Revelation chapter 8? They begin on oh, the, yes. the very day that the covenant is signed. And then on the three and a half year day. Yes, yes. You know, the, the two witnesses are killed. The um, Antichrist goes into the temple. Um, now, I did have a question about the, uh, the mark of the beast system does that start on the on the kind of the first day or is that introduced or just declared on that day um it it begins on that day so the system i see it is already in place and he takes the system that's already in place you know maybe they were going to initiate it um on their own in other words, the religious system, the whore, may have been going to um, cause the mark to follow the, the whore. And he uses that because it seems like he starts it, the system is there. And he just. Well, you can see it. it's, it, it's already been set up right now. I mean. Right. Oh, absolutely. Like in India, it only took. It only took a short time to get it done for, you know, one point something billion people. Um, and I was also thinking that the three angels that declare, well, one's declaring the fall of Babylon and one's the gospel and one's warning people not to take the mark, would that be at the same day yes. as well? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it'll probably happen when the... the Two prophets are slain because there's no downtime on this. It isn't like, well, they're going to need uh, a year to get this mark set up and uh, begin to mark everybody take the mark. It seems like it's very fast. So I think what's going to happen is the horror of Babylon is going to be initiating the mark of the beast. Or, or the mark. Um, the whore is slain like in one day. The political system destroys the, uh, the religious system like in one day. 
And they take that whole work, the beast takes that whole system that was coming in place to worship the horror, you know, the god of the horror, the Babylons, Babylonians there, and takes it for himself. So, because how else could it be done? It, I mean, it would take the whole three and a half years would be taken up to get, get for everybody to get the mark of the beast. But it seems like as the moment he takes over, that whole system is in there ready to, for everybody to take the mark. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you can see it's getting set up now and we're not even in the tribulation and they can just yeah. switch it from the Babylonian whatever but they're the going to do itself, to the, the mark beast. itself, it, it's all set up, ready to go like day one with him. So it seems that the religious whore, the whore of Babylon, is going to set up some system, some marking system of their own, and he just tweaks it a little to use the number 666. Maybe they have the number in there already. You know, I the religious system is complete rebellion. It's the Babylonian system. They may have the 666 as their number in it. So it's ready to go. That system is like ready to go on day one when he takes over. Right. And then the remnant of Israel will say, <gasps> right. and right. head for the hills. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so many things happen at the three and a half year mark. But isn't it really nice that we know? Now, I, when I say we know the day it begins, I don't mean that it's going to begin on May 21st, 2013. I don't mean that. I mean when we see... Now, I think we're going to be with the Lord. But when we see some political um, ruler make this covenant like the Bible des- describes from, and there'll be an earthquake to, to seal it or to, as a, to signify it. And it'll be a significant earthquake, not the big one that's going to end all things, but a significant earthquake. We know that that's the start. We can tell the day it's going to start by actions that take place. Amen. Amen. And those who happen to be around and want to have a read of the Bible, they could be like Daniel and they'll know precisely yes. when the three and a half year thing's going to happen and they'll know precisely the day the Lord's going to return. Yes. Yeah. And you see, I believe that that's why uh, we get into, we'll say, Revelation 16 and the gathering of the this massive army for Armageddon, why would the army be massed? Why would the Antichrist head towards Jerusalem and all the beasts? Because I believe they know the calendar of events. They've heard the the two prophets. They've heard the 144,000. So the two prophets have 
probably told them the Christ is coming. He's coming in six years, you know, he's coming. He's going to come to Jerusalem, repent, turn to, of your sin, turn to Christ as your savior. They're going, the kingdom of God is at hand. They're going to be saying that. So it very well may be that the beast knows, uh, based on the two prophets, when his time is up. So he's going to gather the army and attempt to stop the Lord's coming. So that makes sense. You see how it all fits in? When we understand the, it all adds up. It all ties together when we understand the seven years, when it starts, what happens at the mid-tribulation, the mid-three-and-a-half years, at the end of three-and-a-half years, what happens. So it really ties uh, events together. They're not just laying out there. They're all tied together. Well, also, it's, you know, God's mercy that anyone who is stuck in that time has a very, I mean, it's a very detailed explanation of a very short period of time. Yes, it is. That's that's exactly right. But until I began to study the Bible, or the book of Revelation, like I've done now, I didn't see, I saw very little of that. The tie-ins that we're seeing now uh, was not, it was just a, a, like a kind of a gooey type thing. It was a little bit of a blur. Okay, this happened and this happened and this. But now we can see what's happening. One thing ends, another thing starts. You know, um, when the, uh, the Antichrist comes to power, we know what happens on that very day when you, what triggers him coming to power, revealing himself, um, with the, that he's God. So I like it. I like understanding the, the book of Revelation now by the, the time sequence. And, but to the very day things are happening. And also uh, the way events have happened in the last three years, like you never would have believed that the whole world could be manipulated and controlled by such evil, depraved entities I mean, it, it would, no one would even have believed it if you said it like 20 years ago, but it's happening right in front of our eyes. Yes, it is. And it's pointing to yes. the, the soon coming, you know, one world government, one world religion, one world economy, and it's yes. all happening here and now. What's lagging behind, I think, in this right now is the one world religion. We see the economy... Um, and we can see the new world order manifesting itself, uh, wanting to bring everything together. Uh, but I don't see right yet that real powerful religious unity there for the whore of Babylon. Well, they seem to be, uh, godless communists. So I think something's going to come and usurp the godless communists. Yes. And that'll be absolutely. The- Communism is going to fall, no doubt about it. So, um, that's all in your head there, Wild Olive. Now you can parse things together in, in the book of Revelation and see how it all, it all fits together. Yes, thank you um, for doing this teaching. I think it's very good for such a time as this. And, you know, we can see what's happening and know that the Lord is not too far away and get about his business. Right, right. 
I mean, that worldwide lying spirit that we see. Oh, just, um, what was it, today? Today or yesterday, doesn't matter. Um, I was, I had posted on my blog about um, South Africa's falling. South Africa's going the way of uh, Sri Lanka and Pakistan and the Lebanon and these other countries. And it it's all has to do about the uh, electricity is being shut down for like 12 hours a day and it's all the businesses are coming to a halt and it's causing anarchy and food supplies aren't being met so south africa is in right now it's melting down like other countries are so when i was um uh, reading about it you know what's behind south africa melting down but the world economic forum they're right mm-hmm. there they, they are they are. They want to destroy the nations for many reasons. One of them is to kill the people off. I mean, they, they delight. I mean, if they could kill millions of South Africans, they'd be happy about it. And then they want to uh, destroy the world economy. They want to destroy world um, alliances. And they are going to put themselves up as the remedy for the destruction that they caused. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Well, you know, 20 years ago, I never would have believed it, but it's just so in your face now. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. mind-boggling. It is. It is. So this is snowballing now, um, and our prayers are hindering it. I mean, the devil wants to slam dunk this right now. But our prayers are hindering it. And really, the only thing that I see left uh, is for the Lord is a that we can use the, the, the Internet to reach the world very quickly for the big harvest for the Lord. The, you know, that the Lord will hold this in place to that big harvest. And it mightn't be long. It might take, you know, a couple months. Might, who knows? Maybe three, four, five months. And it may be go like wildfire through the nations. And after that, after that big harvest is made, uh, then we're ready to go to be with the Lord and let, let, let the end begin there. Everyone gets what they want. Those that want the Antichrist will get the Antichrist, and those who want Jesus Christ will get Jesus Christ. Well, you could see at the end they want the Antichrist. They're, they hate God's yes. prophets. They hate his two prophets. When they were celebrating over the death of the witnesses. Yeah, yeah. And the witnesses are pointing to Jesus Christ, but they want the Antichrist. Um, There was something I wanted to add there. Oh, here's what I I think is going to happen. That right now there's eight plus billion people and there's wars coming and it's going to cut everything down population-wise. And then we get to the slaughter of God's people in the first three and a half years by the whore of Babylon. And, and, and the scriptures say there that the whore is drunk with the blood of the saints and the martyrs, right? Mm-hmm. So it's very possible that the whore of Babylon is able to kill off 
some huge amount of believers in the Lord. And they're all the ones that are under the altar in uh, the fifth seal of the book of Revelation. Now, when the beast kills the, the Babylonian religious system, who is left there on earth? We'll put the Jews on the side. We won't deal with them. But of the Gentiles, the ones that God is speaking to in Revelation 14, that angel from heaven, 98% of them, or some, or some number, are the devotees of the whore of Babylon. He's giving them a chance. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, the Lord showed me that not too long ago. That the, the what's going to be left, that God is going to give all of the members of the whore of Babylon... You know, not, not the, not the structure of it, because they're going to be killed. But the masses of people that were following it, he's going to give them, like, the last chance to turn to him before they take the mark of the beast. So it will be the members of the whore of Babylon, for the most part, who are given the last chance by the Lord not to take the mark of the beast. He's going to plead with them not to take the mark. Well, I guess these these people, they know there is a God, but they've been deceived into worshipping false a false God. And so the Lord is going to reveal who the real God is and give them the chance to turn to him. Yes. As, yes. Opposed, as opposed to people who say there is no God and you know, I'm I'm my own god type thing, atheists. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's going to give them all of those that were following the whore of Babylon. He's going to give them a chance to turn to him and not to take the mark of the beast. That that shows you his mercy. All right, and we uh, hold on. We have uh, Sister Sharon here. Hello, Sharon. Yes, hello, hello, and thank you, uh, Wild Olive, for posing all those points and questions and stuff. And um, I was really interested in you to think about, every, like you keep saying, that everything that happens right at that three-and-a-half mark, three-and-a-half-year mark and stuff. It's just amazing how many different things are just right there it's to change and stuff at, at that point in time. Everything and in Rumble, Chaplain John, they're talking about uh, the tri-state, the yeah, the tri-straight, tri-faith organization that's already developing right now with uh, the three, like the three different types of churches on one piece of property, like a synagogue, a church, and a mosque all on one piece of property all over the country. You can see this. Yeah, it's getting set for it. No, I, 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 there is a, like a, there, you can see it drifting that way, but it's not yeah. as obvious to me. It's not as far down the road as the, uh, New World Order is. 
Right, right. It, it seems like even like uh, with the Pope in, in Rome and stuff like that, it's, it's still kind of being held in the background, right. per se, yet. Right, right. Yeah. So it's coming. They, look, this whole thing, because um, where was it? United Arab Emirates, I think, just opened a, um, a synagogue there. Okay. A Jewish synagogue. And the, it's, it's, it's going that way, but it doesn't, it's not as far down the road as the World Economic Forum, the New World Order, you know, heading towards World War Three and all. It, it, it's, it's maybe the, maybe the world, the war that's coming may harness, herd everybody into the religious system. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a thought. I can see that happening too, because when things get uh, scary and tough like that, that's when people have a tendency to turn toward religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, how did you do note wise? Well, note wise, um, I was on like two two whole full pages and uh-huh. stuff. But again, I I do the printout now too, so I'm not worried about. You know, writing out all those verses, I just write on there, on printout, on printout, on printout, you know, and stuff like that. So I know to go refer back to the printout. And has all that timing of the events happening now, do you you have that timing down, uh, Sister Sharon? uh, Yeah, pretty much. I need to go back and re-listen and stuff because it does get a little bit... um, I don't want to say confusing, but it may be just a little bit overwhelming, you yes. know, with uh, yes. the timing right. Right. Yes. Do you understand how the 70th week developed or how the 490 years yes. of, uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. The annual 70th week. Yeah. And those weeks. You know, I, I, I forgot yeah. to, add, I forgot to um, add this. But instead of God keeping the Jews in captivity for 490 years, he like put them on probation and gave them that time to get their act, as we would use today, to get their act together. Yes. That's what he did. Yeah, I think that was interesting too. Very interesting about they, he gave them all that time to, to come back to him. Okay. All right. Well, I think um, I was happy about tonight. Um, I want to tweak a little bit here and there. But we haven't gotten into all of Revelation 13 yet. I was just tying up, uh, tying things together. So there's more, there's much more teaching about Revelation 13. Yeah, I want to ask one question, and it makes absolutely no difference, but this is the little thing that just nags at me. But when it says the blood of the saints and the martyrs, well, what is, how can you, if you're, you've got to bleed if you're a martyr, and how is a saint going to bleed without being a martyr? Well, that's a good question. Or maybe some died without being martyred. I don't know. I guess that would, I mean, I don't see any other way for him to distinguish it without it being just a natural death. But that, you know. No, there could be some that died without having to, 
A martyr to me would be someone that was caught, we'll say, by the, uh, the horror of Babylon system. And from the way we look at it, bl- drunk with the blood of the saints and the martyrs. And there was, they were horribly, Sister Kathy, do you remember in the, around 1995, there was that massacre in Rwanda where in one month a million people were hacked to death? Yeah, I do. Their, their heads were cut off and arms were cut off and all of that. You see, I, yeah, that's and what I Yeah, Sierra Leone too. Yeah, that's what I envision happening when the horror of Babylon is cut loose, you know, drunk right. with the blood. So they would say, like, renounce Christ, and the, the the person would say no, and then they would cut their arms off and first. And right. It's like, yeah. now, and another the, thing, too, Chaplain oh, John oh, and hold Kathy. Hold on, hold your thought. You can, hold, hold your thought, Sister oh. Sharon. Hold your thought. Okay. Now, the others may have been killed through war. They may have been killed by maybe bombs dropped, um, shot. Yeah, uh, that, that's probably it. Bombs and yeah, you know, starvation. Maybe they starved to death. Yeah, but the martyrs are the ones yeah. that um, are told to deny Christ, and they won't. And then uh, it, there's some sort of horrific bloodbath. Drunk with the blood of the saints and the martyrs. Okay, Sister Sharon? Well, I was just going to say uh, that you don't have to be martyred to be a martyr. How so? Because you can be against something without uh, dying. I don't. Yeah, I didn't that's. Uh, yeah, the martyrs are going to be out in the open, Sister Sharon. Right, right. Well, I was just, I'm just using, was just using an analogy of words and stuff like that and stuff. But, you know, in my opinion, when we, when the martyrs will be martyred and stuff like that, I'm just saying that just with the use of words, you know, it can be confusing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Brother Greg is here. Hello, Brother Greg. Hello. Um, great show tonight. Um, it was like very fascinating, and um, um, I just had one question. It's not from the show tonight, but on the twenty-four martyrs that was in the Old uh, Testament, and which book was that in? Uh, now I'm not saying it is the twenty-four and twenty elders, but 20, I, I don't understand. You, you left it open. Uh, the twenty-four well, martyrs. No, not I, martyrs. Elders. Oh. Yeah, what what about the elders? What book was that in that listed all those elders? It was in, there was a whole list of them. Um, oh, 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 that was in. Oh, I understand what you're talking about. The priesthood. Yeah. Um. um oh, Greg. Uh, is it First Chronicles sixteen? I. Uh, I, I just, off the top of my head, I just can't think of it right now. Okay, it's in Chronicle First Chronicles. So I, I can find it. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. was wondering about that, <clears throat> and um, I guess we'll find out on the other side all the details. But it'll, it'll be interesting. Okay. 
Yeah, but it, it, the uh, courses, there's a 24, they call it a course. And I think it's number eight. Remember, it's connected into, uh, John the Baptist's, uh, father. He was, uh, in, in the course of Abadai, I think it was called. I, we were trying to figure out at the time what month that would have been in, but uh, we couldn't figure that out. Okay. Yeah, thanks a lot. I, it was a great show, and I enjoyed um, every second of it, actually. So, well, Greg, isn't it, it something how, uh, I mean, once we understand the outline of it and what's happening when, wow, it really, it, it just, it, it's not, it's not, it, it, it's a whole different um, understanding of the book of Revelation. This happens right here and tied in with this and, the mark of the beast comes when the, the religious system is destroyed. The two prophets die, and there's three and a half years left, and uh, and, all, and then the the whore of Babylon is killed and destroyed. So it's fast moving yeah. when you when we get get to there like that. Okay, I think yeah, this I is... love the way way you simplified it. Well, you made it so that the uh, layman can understand it very easily, and um, it's. It's exciting, and it's um, you know, it's just like uh, really. Um, so I've got my uh, Bible. I'll, I I went with red ink, and now I'm on black ink. Uh, <laughs> well, Greg, if you underline everything red, then, then then you don't you don't know what's highlighted. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, it's it's a really really nice. Uh, I appreciate you going uh, and studying all this, and I know you're really busy, so it's really appreciate it. Oh, that's the ministry, Greg. I don't, you know, I love to do it. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. I we I think we have Twizzle here. Do we have? Is this Twizzle? It is I myself. How are you, Brother John? Um, this is I myself. Oh, okay. I like that. <laughs> I'm okay. doing fine. Yes, sir. Do you have any Good. question for tonight? Well, yeah, I do have a question, but you have had a wonderful week, sir, a wonderful week. I hope you're enjoying every moment of it, every moment of it, sir. It's been a wonderful week. Okay. So, <laughs> Amen. Well, did, did you, okay. do you including that, uh, the teaching that I had on Saturday? Yes, sir, I am. And I'm con- uh, including uh, the pastor's meeting, and I'm including uh, oh, the yeah. Pakistan, and I'm including... Just everything. It's just been wonderful. Fabulous. Yeah, it has been. It has been. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And this was fabulous tonight, too. So there you go. There you go. All right. Yeah. All right. So I have a question, though. Here's okay. my question. I had, I had to find my notebook. Um, so I've got um, the killing of the pro- two prophets. Yes. I've got it at the end of my line at 3.5 years. Yes. And then you and you told us we could start uh, the next day with the um, what's his name anti beast or antichrist going yes. into the uh, holy place and saying oh oh I am God check me out yes okay yes so I'm wondering then we got three days and then the witnesses are raised up we've got an earthquake um, yes. we've uh, got seven thousand men to add, I wanted to add about the earthquake uh, yeah this is Looking at the, what would be the word? It's not a coincidence. Looking at the timing of that earthquake, 
I think that mm-hmm. that earthquake very very well may destroy that temple that the Antichrist uh, went in to proclaim he was God. Mm-hmm. Well, that'd be it, all right. It says the earthquake's in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, because we've got 7,000 people, men slain, it says. Right. There, you know, so, uh, and it says, uh, but there's a remnant who are frightened and give glory to God of heaven. Right. Yeah, so so this would be, and that's what I'm trying to say, so this is like on day three of the last 3.5 years? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yes. Okay, I'm just trying to get it down because I don't want any of this. I'm trying to make a big picture of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see how it all, it, it, it's really the way it all fits together is amazing. Yes, that's exactly. And the whore of Babylon, maybe during that three yep. and a half years, that whore of Babylon is being slain. Yeah. Yeah, I got her in there too. Yeah. Okay, well, we shall carry on. Thank you, sir. I do appreciate it ever so much. I just wanted to clarify. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. thank you. Thank you. One, You're welcome. One more yes, Sister Kathy. I just went outside to get my mail, and there is the most beautiful full moon. Oh, my goodness. It is. It's bright. It's almost like a super moon. Oh, you know, I, I want to tell everybody this here, because you, rem- you you brought it to my attention about the moon. I wondered why in the millennial reign of the Lord, the moon is there. Because it's mentioned, they're going to follow like the, the, the moon. And what it brought to my attention was that's going to be the calendar. So The I'm calendar? Kind of th- yeah. In the millennial reign? It, it's lunar. They keep, like, it's, the, they're going to have, the calendar during the millennial period is going to be the same as it is now. Yeah. So it's not, maybe it's just a minor thing, but when I was studying it, I didn't understand why it's the moon is mentioned during the millennial reign of the Lord. Exactly. But see, they're going to keep Passover. Passover is going to be kept. And also Sukkoth, the Feast of Booths is going to be kept. Yeah. So the moon will tell them that'll be their calendar. Of when the day that it begins. That's right. They got to find that sliver, slither. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how about that? Now, isn't that just interesting? Yeah, I, from all the studying I did through the years, I that just dawned on me the other day. Wow, I understand mm-hmm. why the the moon is so important during the millennial reign. It's going to be the time, the way to keep time. I just Out. want to note. But I'm yes. outside walking around, and there's no moon here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Nebraska oh, has no moon. Part. Let me go back in the house. It's cold out here. Oh, what a sad thing. I wish I could show you my beautiful moon. That's all right. You can take a picture of it and send it to me. All right. I will do that. Okay. okay. All right. I'm back in the house now. Wild Olive, <laughs> anything in closing? Well, we had our census here last night, and it was a full moon. And my daughter and I spent the night in the tent, so I can honestly say I was not in the household. And it was so light that you didn't even need a torch. It was just uh, amazing. It was a most amazing night. So I have enjoyed the moon. Now, why were you in a tent? 
Oh, well, it was a census last night and you had to report, you know, everyone who was in the household. So we went and put a tent out and oh stayed the goodness. night in the tent. <laughs> so I can honestly yeah, say yeah. that we were not in the household. Oh, That's good. oh, oh, okay. I love, I love it. That makes sense. That makes sense. But yeah, it was uh, a glorious night. And well, the now moon I learned was so something. Light. I learned something tonight that I never knew before. There, there is a little wild olive, <laughs> or a younger, a younger wild olive. I didn't, I didn't know that. Sometimes she goes out and spends a night in the wild. Yes, I could see that. Yes, okay, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> All right. So, anything, uh, anything else in closing? Oh, no, that was that was my two cents worth for the day. Okay, Sister Kathy, anything in closing? Well, I'm sending Twizzle a picture of the moon, but it's not, not as pretty as it is in real life. Okay. Um, Sister Sharon? Nope, I'm all set, and I just really, really enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely. All right, um, and while I got Sharon here, I am not sure yet... Uh, if I'm going to open the show up or, or go to the men's meeting, because I got oh, a tight schedule. Okay. Remember, tomorrow I hope to have a great report tomorrow night about um, that. That it's called the Harrisburg uh, Diaspora Coalition, and not Harrisburg, Houston. And Houston okay. is like the um, um, the forerunner for what they want to do for the whole nation. They're trying to work out all the bugs and all that here in Houston. And when they've got it set up, I think the next, they talked about Atlanta, Chicago, Los Angeles. But Houston was chosen first. So I have not been to any of their meetings yet. Uh, Well, in fact, since I joined, they haven't had, this is the first meeting since I joined. So I'm really looking forward to this meeting that I uh, might meet pastors and church workers and believers from all sorts of countries throughout the world and really open up some doors where those brochures can get all over the world. So that's, I hope to have a great report um, uh, tomorrow about the meeting. Amazing. It's amazing. I'm looking well, at your website now. Okay. Kathy and me? I will do the program tomorrow if you're not here, of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sister uh, Twizzle, what did you say? Are you looking at the uh, Houston Diaspora Coalition? Yep. I'm looking at it right this minute. Does it mention I'm looking at the, the website. Does it mention the meeting tomorrow? Contact us, find ministries about. No, I'm just looking at the home uh, page. So, okay, on the home page, uh, there's different types of um, avenues that they have in there for like. Um, oh, gee, I can't think of them all right now. But some of the, some of them is uh, like teaching. You'll see. You want 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 to teach, and I. That's where my webs. That's where my. Uh, yeah, my link is to my website in the brochures. I'm in that on their webpage. Okay. 
You must be on training and evangelism and discipleship, I bet. Let me hit yeah. on that one, too. Yeah, open it up. It should be there. Well, let me see here. Do, 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 do. You got me in suspense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, la, la, la. It'll be in suspense. Good heavens. You'll have to have suspenders. <laughs> uh, nope, I'm not seeing that there. But I could. Ty- I guess I could type your name in. I don't know. Up here. Be, uh, it's got well, to be. Well, I don't find the, uh, I don't find the, uh, you know, a search box. So anyway, I'll look around and I'll I'm let you know there. what I see. I'm in there, but it should okay. be evangelism. All right. Um, Greg, anything in closing? No, it was a very good night. Appreciate it. Oh, there you are. There I am. I found okay. you. Yep. All right. I knew I was there. Okay. Yep, there you are. I see you. What am I, Abba what, Father's International Fellowship. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What, am I under, what am I under? What What section? You, um, evangelism. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Training okay. and I, evangelism and discipleship. I can, I can rest easy tonight knowing I'm there. You found me there. Yeah. I got, uh, yep. Okay, cool. All right. Um, all right. We'll check brother, you all later. Okay. Thank you, Twism. All right, Brother Greg. Uh-huh. Uh, bye What's What song would you like in closing? Um, Jerusalem's Cry. Okay. I shouldn't even ask anymore. Well, actually, Jerusalem really needs a lot a good song right now okay they're going through a lot of stuff right now Jerusalem.
sons cry. God has answered Jerusalem's cry. Soon the dead in Christ will rise and join him in the sky. God's answered Jerusalem's cry. God's answered Jerusalem's cry. 